Now, the making of a good compilation tape is a very subtle art, many do's and don'ts. First of all, you're using someone else's poetry to express how you feel. This is a delicate thing. You gotta kick it off with a killer to grab attention. Then you gotta take it up a notch, but you don't wanna blow your wad, so then you gotta cool it off a notch. There are a lot of rules. Now, people often think a good mix should rise and fall, but people are wrong. It should be all rise, baby. Now, prepare yourselves for an audio journey into the white hot center of adrenaline. One, two, one, two. Wow, look at that bewildered face. You uh, so bewildered because we're finally back recording? <laughs> I was just taking a picture. I was going to post it to our Spotify. We both look so terrible. <laughs> well, I look terrible because the baby woke up at five. I don't know why. He was just in a mood. He never yeah. wakes up that early. Like, I thought he might have leaked or something like that. Right. Um, got him back to sleep by about 630. And then uh, Bryn let me sleep in. So I woke up at 10 about an hour ago and this is a guy who's used to waking up at like seven because of the baby so my schedule is all messed up but i'm drinking some ice cold room temperature coffee right now it's funny because we're both recording in our respective basements and i just think of uh snl with the matt foley's like he's been in the coffee or in the basement drinking coffee for the last four <laughs> the last hours three hours <laughs> ready to go <laughs> and uh well yes welcome to canada uh canada fm the show that profiles Canadian artists that we're not 100% sure why uh, didn't uh, didn't take off anywhere else but uh, but Canada. And uh, this is actually the official end of season two. We did this full of members <laughs> episode back at Christmas, and now we are officially ending season two with our mixtape episode. Yeah. And uh, it's been a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, different reasons that we didn't record. We won't get into all of them. But uh, I'll, I'll give you two. One, uh, as you if you if you if you have kids, you'll know that there are waves where you can do whatever you want, and then there are waves where you can't do shit. <laughs> and I went through a wave where I couldn't do shit. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I want to let people know, without getting into specifics, is when you are best friends with someone for thirty years, <laughs> occasionally you guys will fight. That happens, and uh, there's no need to get into the nitty gritty of it. But uh, we're good now. Yeah. We had a little yeah. tiff around Christmas, and uh, it's all settled. So yeah, there was there was also many tiffs that surrounded the major tiff. Yeah, it just kept going, but we're good. We're good. Yeah, we yeah, uh, and that's... we broke well, didn't break bread. I'd say we shared a peace pipe, but uh, <laughs> it's hard to well, share. Here's a here's, pipe here's when you're sixteen hours away. You know, you and me being friends since we were in the fifth grade. What would be the silliest, most ridiculous fight you and I ever got into that you can remember? Like, for no reason at all. I I mean, do you remember when we were growing up and you, me, and Jake would always just be bickering? And, like, my mom was sitting upstairs. She's like, it's like listening to a bunch of old hens clucking at yeah. each other. Like, you guys would argue over nothing. Uh, I mean, Jake stormed out of my house because you and I called him a black heart over Heath Ledger. <laughs> uh and, you know, I stormed out of his house because he told me to kiss his ass when I called him a bandwagon Duke fan years ago. You were ago. poking the bear on that one. Yeah. But so, I mean, like, it's, it's hard to say. I mean, I, 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 the, the funniest one, the probably the stupidest one was probably the, because it was only, it was over within like 20 seconds. But uh, in college, when you were borrowing my laptop and yeah. I, had, I had no work that night, and I just, 
I kept throwing like my hats at you. I just had a whole collection of hats and I just kept throwing them at you while you're trying to work and you were like, will you fuck off? And then I just like walked by to go to the washroom and I just like slapped you in the forehead on my way to my sit on my bed. Ooh. And you were like, ah! <laughs> to this day, you haven't punched me in the face. You've punched Brandon. You've punched Campbell. Uh, I don't think you've punched Campbell Paul. was out of self-defense. He was going to punch me in the face if I didn't punch him. Yeah. But like, to and this then day, Brandon did punch me in the face. So I got mine back. Yeah. But to this day, you still haven't punched me in the face and you chose to punch a hole in our, I mean, it was particle board. So it really just split in half. But... I almost took the whole, yeah, wallet. <laughs> yeah. But you elected to punch the wall instead. I mean, I would not have faulted you for, because I literally hit you. Oh, okay. It's uh, raining here in Thunder Bay. The power did jump at 5 a.m. this morning when I was up with Freddie. Oh, so it might go out. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's raining here too, but yeah. no, no power problems. What were you saying before? Uh, but anyway, um, we were at HNV. We're going to go buy Cheer Up. You had like <laughs> 30 bucks, and I had a $20 bill. And for whatever reason, usually that was enough to get a CD, especially yeah. a new one. The, like the, the Real Big Fish CD was like a dollar more expensive. Do you remember that? It was like, instead of being $19.99, like most CDs was, it was like, I think it was like $20.99. Yeah. So that screwed me up because I didn't have enough money. And I know you did. And I knew that if you just took my CD, bought them together, it would be fine. I'd owe you like a dollar. And you wouldn't do it because you wanted to lord it over my head. And I knew you so well that uh, I said, come on, Brian, can you lend me a $2? And you're like, I don't know. And I knew what you were going to do. So I shoved you. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't really a shove. It was more of a, a it was like a push. Yeah, it was, like a, yeah, it was like a jab shove. Like, come on. Jab. Yeah. 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 And I was being a prick, and then we got into my car because my mom drove us. And then uh, she's like, "Where'd you? Where's your CD, Teddy?" He's like, "I didn't have enough money." Brian, I thought you did give me the money. No, what if my? I mean, I did give you the money, but what happened was my mom was like, "Give him the money! What's wrong with you?" And she started leaving oh. me out. So we basically, she had to cycle back, uh, circle back around the mall. We dropped you off at that entrance. You ran in. I gave you the couple bucks, and you ran in and grabbed it and came back after she I, harangued me. I, I thought you just gave me the money in the store. Maybe I did, but uh, well, she probably harangued me afterwards. Because I think she was like, what took so long? And I was like, Brian wouldn't give me a couple bucks. And she's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. Either way, I definitely get in, remember getting my ass chewed out by my ma. Well, now that the fighting is over, we can kind of highlight, before we get into our mixtape of season two and our little recap of season two, we can kind of give you a refresher on how season three is going to have a bit of a different feel to it in an effort to get episodes out in a more timely fashion. So those big artists that we usually do, like, you know, Blue Rodeo and Amanda Marshall and uh, uh, Swollen Members that we did last season, those are going to kind of be, those are still going to be there. Those are going to be our big 10 episodes. But we're also, to kind of even things up, you know what I mean, keep the episode flow going, going to do a couple little shorties for yeah. you. With some artists that maybe they only had one or two albums, or maybe they were one-hit wonders. Yeah. You never know. Lesser-known groups, they wouldn't be major groups. Those are going to come out as well. And we'll still do some off-topics from time to time, too, to keep the flow going as we make our way through Season 3. And not only that, we might try to squeak in a uh, album review 
because uh, I think Marianne's yes. Trench, Blue Rodeo, uh, I think Marianne's Trench is working on a new album. I don't know if it's out yet. I know Blue Rodeo had an album come out during the back half of the pandemic there. Um, and I want to go back because I, I told Ted, this is one of the things that kind of, re like, it got us chit-chatting again when we were in the midst of our tiff. But one of the things that I want to do, which we'll get to eventually, maybe not in season three, but at some point, Doug and the Slugs, after us not being able to find any of their shit, is now all on Spotify. <laughs> so I'd like to do a Doug and the Slugs proper revisit it because I've been listening to the shit out of them. And I think we definitely kind of glossed over it. Uh, didn't give them their due. I think. How many listeners does that Doug and the Slugs episode have? I don't know. Do you know offhand? No. Was it one of our more popular ones? No, but I mean, it was also like our second or third episode. So it's... To this day, our most popular episode is the friggin' Norm Macdonald tribute. So go figure. The one that had nothing to do with music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Note, before we get started, on that note, please share the friggin' shit if you like it. Promote it on your Instagram or tell people word of mouth, whatever. Especially to our Canadian fans who have American friends who they want to get into Canadian music or British friends or whatever. Japanese friends, send it to them so they can hear some of these bands because like that's the idea Brent. is to give a little extra push to some of these forgotten Canadian acts. I feel like you're just targeting Brent and his wife, Cassie. <laughs> well, the, 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 they're listening. I know that. I'm just saying get that push so yeah. our show can have some kind of impact on this world yeah. and uh, non-Canadians can discover Sloan. You know what and I mean? Ted and I can slack off and make this our day job but i know that's a ways away so yeah 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 but that's okay <laughs> that's all right i it's still a fun thing to do and yeah. it's still great listening to some of these artists i will say the one thing though is yeah. that when we're recording these episodes have you ever just been not in the mood for the artists that we're doing that week uh yeah there's a couple because that's why <laughs> like er early on i'm like why the hell did you pick these for some of these people <laughs> I remember when we did the Moffats episode, I waited until like the day we recorded to even start listening to them. Really? <laughs> I put that off so bad. Yeah. And then we were, uh, we were getting the nursery ready. Um, and so I was working in there. So I just kept my headphones on and oh yeah, I was listening to their album and yeah, that, that's uh, thankfully only had two albums. So it was easy, <laughs> but didn't listen to any of that little kid stuff. All right. So what we do at the end of every season is we make a mix tape. Me and Brian each make our own and uh, you can follow along at home and uh, listen to these our picks from each artist that we covered that season after listening to the entire discography. Um, and we're going to go uh, just by artist this time. We, we didn't put them in. I didn't put my name sort of track order for flow purposes. Did you? I did. Of course you did. You can <laughs> you can give the flow recommendations at the end. How's that? All right. Sounds good. All right. Okay. But uh, we're going to start off with the episode that opened up um, the second season, and that was Blue Rodeo. Yep. Um, and uh, man, that was a fun episode. And uh, I was really, really. Two episodes. It was two episodes. They have a lot of work, and they have <laughs> one album that we didn't even cover. Um, but uh, yeah, that was really great experience going through those Blue Rodeo albums. That was one I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest with you on here. There's maybe, I've got one, two, only three of my songs were released as singles. So I went with the Brian Last Deep Cuts for my picks. <laughs> uh, but this one was one of them. And I had a hard time 
you know, Blue Raiders get so many great singles. Yeah. Um, but I went with Try. I knew you would. Yeah, just because that's the one that stuck with me. And it's one of the songs that it didn't really have an impact on me, that song, until we did the episode. Right. And it really made me, because I used to always tell everyone, ah, I'm more of a Keeler guy than a Cuddy guy. But going <laughs> through the whole discography made me more of a uh, a Jim Cuddy guy. And uh, yeah, I remember actually after we did that, I was listening to that all the time. My wife put it on a mix of hers. My brother was like, Try such a great song. Oh, what a great song. I love that try. And then whenever he like said he was going to try to do something, he'd always go, going to be like Blue Rodeo, I'm going to try. I'm like, okay. So yeah, he, loved, uh, he loved that song. And it is a great song. Uh, and it holds up. And uh, oh, just play a little bit, Brian. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, I think, I don't know if I ever told you about this when I had to DJ at the Beaver and Bulldog back in the day. Oh yeah. In Burlington. Very early in the going in, in Burlington. And I'm, they really kind of screwed me gigs entertainment by just throwing me to the wolves, having me DJ at a bar before I'd ever even DJ at a wedding. Right. And um, so I'm still trying to figure out my shit. It's like the second or third week I'm doing this. And this older woman comes over to me. She goes, you know, a lot of us would really appreciate it if you played some Neil Young or some Blue Rodeo. And I'm playing like Notorious B.I.G. or something at this point. <laughs> and the dance floor is rocking, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm like, this is, it's, you know, I'm doing pop music. It's it's just how it goes at a dance club. Yeah. And she's like, come on. Why don't you play that? What's that Blue Rodeo one that goes, don't tell me I'm wrong. She starts singing it to me. I'm like, that would absolutely kill the mood right now. <laughs> she didn't get it. She got all mad at me and walked off. And I'm like, ah. Some yeah. people don't get that. That when you're a DJ, you have a goal. And the goal is to fill the dance floor. Not play yeah. songs that you actually like. You know? I mean, that's kind of what the end of the night is for. When you're clearing out the dance floor, you can play a couple of slow jams where freaking Cougar McGee and... Uh, her husband can have a, a dance or something like that. Now, uh, wouldn't that be a great song to close out the night? Try, yeah, yeah. Even like the video, they're kind of playing in an empty venue, or like there's chairs on tables and stuff like that. So it, it goes with the flow. Yeah, you should have been. You should have been like Craig Robinson in uh, The Goods, where he played DJ Request, but he specifically <laughs> would play like the opposite of what people play. Nobody tells DJ Request what to play. Let them tell you what to play. They lose respect for you. They lose respect for you. You lose control. Not today. DJ, play We Are Family by Sister Sledge. Drop it! Finally, somebody hit the nail on the head. That's what I'm talking about. That is a perfect song. Dead puppy. What the fuck? Dead I want you over and over again not to tell me how to do my job. You brought the song yourself. Are you happy? All right, what was your pick, Brian, for Blue Rodeo? Uh, my Blue Rodeo pick, same album, Outskirts. Okay. Uh, but it was the opening track, Heart Like Mine. Okay. Uh, because I think 
the foundational skeleton of what Blue to Rodeo became was all in that song because there's at the start, you know, there's great harmonies. There's that like uh, country twang because a lot of their songs, like he doesn't sing with that twang all the time. He just sings in that That's very true. Uh, adult contemporary kind of voice, just like the classic rock kind of voice. But that one had the country twang. There's a great guitar solo. He's rocking the keys, like the organ and everything. So it just had a bit of everything. So I said it, it had kinda, a real bar band sound, if I yeah, recall that. And, yeah. And I was like, and, and it also was like the first introduction to Blue Rodeo, right? You put on that record, let's track one. It's like a hell of an introduction to a band. Now it's all covered up. And that's uh, a, a sub that subject that you and I have hotly contested over the years was what's the best opening track from debut album. Yeah. And I guess that makes your list now. Yeah. Like if we, I know we on our old podcast we tried to do. We did that as an episode. If we ever revisit that as either an off-topic or whatever, which would be a good one because now that we've been listening to more music, uh, like because I was just when we did that last time, I just wanted some of my old favorites. But now I might have to reassess. Do you remember what your pick was for uh, when we did that list for what your your favorite all-time uh, opening track from debut album was? I remember a couple of them. I remember it was "I Will Follow" by U2 um safe from harm by massive attack that's good it comes it comes in with that thunder and bass oh yeah um, and i think janie jones by the clash was on there but i can't remember i definitely remember my number one was good times bad times by led zeppelin oh yeah yeah and then you got mad at me you're like you're just picking rolling stone magazine picks and i'm like oh <laughs> that's a great opening track <laughs> yeah yeah all right now will it open your flow your uh when you actually have your playlist in order did it open actually, the, the playlist you put together that was my track one. Oh, there you go so yeah. it keeps its position yeah okay for track two number two episode two uh we're moving on to amanda marshall who i like to kind of crown the first lady of canada <laughs> fm uh that was a lot of fun yeah uh, going back through her stuff that first album is just so killer all killer no filler that first one yeah. And uh, there are other jewels along the way. And hopefully she comes back one day. And what was cool about that episode too, Brian, was um, when I shared it to my personal Instagram page, I had people I didn't know liking it. Really? And then I, I, I like, who are these people? I went through and then sure enough, somewhere they had like a picture of them. I just found this at Goodwill. It's an Amanda Marshall CD. I love Amanda Marshall. <laughs> or like pictures of them with Amanda Marshall, like just super fans looking for more content from her because yeah. she, it's been radio silence for so long. Yeah. So... I really love doing that episode and I developed a really new appreciation from her. And as much as I loved that first self-titled album, my pick actually comes from the second album. The, uh, was it love lift me? That was the name of the Tuesday's child, Tuesday's right. child, Tuesday's gone. Hold on. We're going to find out right now. Tuesday's gone. Is that it's the, like the theme to the wonder years. Tuesday's yes. Tuesday's gone to Leonard Skinner. It's yeah. Tuesday's Child was the album, and the song <laughs> the song is Shades of Grey. In our darkest hour, all just shades of gray. I love that song, and I love that song so much because the lyrics are so personable. It's about growing up as a biracial child. 
and the racism you face from both sides as a biracial uh, person. And uh, it's rocking. It's got a great chorus. It tells a story. It just clicks all the boxes. And on a on an album, that second one was a lot lighter and a lot more adult contempo than the first yeah. one. To have this kind of banger rock song on there kind of stood out. So yeah. Shades of Grey, play a little bit of that, would you? <laughs> Oh yeah, that song's awesome. Love that too. How about you? Uh, I went with "Sitting on Top of the World" off the first album. Interesting. Yeah, I just love because, like, in a song like where she or in an album, that first album, she really flexes her vocals. Like, we get it. You're a great singer, but this is actually just shows that she can have like rock songs and just like the more R&B stuff. And so it's a it's it was a bit of a pull away from the rest of the album. So that's why. <laughs> And it, it really stood out to me. Interesting. Okay. Because that, that album was filled with, because sitting on top of the world, well, what, two tracks on that album weren't singles? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was one of the ones that wasn't as big. So, yeah. okay. Typical Brian, not playing by the rules, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're going to go for track three. And this represented a landmark episode for us because this was the first time we interviewed one of our subjects. And that'd be the Serial Joe episode when I got to talk to drummer Daniel Stadnicki. That was a great time. And I did tell him when we talked about this album, what a great song I thought this was. And uh, not the earworm that was Mistake, although I definitely liked the version of Mistake off of, um, remember they had that re-released version? Yeah, the USA version. Yeah, I liked that one a lot better. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that one, but it was from that uh, self-titled album that they did the Todd McFarlane artwork for. Right. And it was kind of a mishmash of different stuff. And uh, he told me actually with that album, they did very little. Like it was off a lot of remixes and it was just kind of a, something that the uh, the label churned out. But yeah. I think it contains their best song, and that was What I See. That was a good, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a really good one. And uh, I was little, I was thinking to myself, you know, they could have put this one out as a single, but they never did. It just kind of sat there. You know how sometimes you'll get that with like one of those weird compilation albums where there's remixes or re-recordings. You'll just get this one gem of a tune. It's not yeah. a remix. It's not a re-recording. It's an original song. And it just sits there. It's really good, but it doesn't get any sort of promotion. Right. That was kind of this uh, song for me. It was it was kind of like, uh, it just kind of feels forgotten. And I don't think yeah. it should be. I think it's their best tune. I went with the the USA mistake version. Oh, okay. So I went, I went basic B. I think it's like, 
it was much catchier. The up tempo helped, and I think it was it could have been the old bait and switch because in the era, like when we were in high school, the era of new metal and pop punk, the early two thousands, that kind of walked that line nicely. And I think it could have easily, if if it was promoted better, or I don't know if it got in the right person's hands, I think it could have easily taken off in the states because it's like the the mistake part. The chorus is just such a you know. Yeah, it's, well, like uh, like like Daniel called it. It's an earworm of a hook, yeah. and it's a, and and you're right. The 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 I do like that American version more. It's much more polished. And I was surprised to find out that Woodstock was the only U.S. show they ever did. I thought for sure that Mistake was a hit down south, but uh, never picked up steam. Yeah, that was the thing growing up when we were kids before we had like full because I didn't really start using the internet because we had like a we didn't get internet in my house till like grade eleven. Um, and uh, so I wasn't like Googling or re- I don't even know if Google was a thing back then, but uh, what was it? What was the uh, search engine? Um, I had Google, Yahoo. Uh, yeah. my dad would always use this thing called Dogpile, which you really? like to cartoon dogs, <laughs> like digging up bones. Um, there was Alta Vista, was a big one. That was one of the early days. Alta Vista, yeah. can you recap me? <laughs> After oh. talking about Alta Vista not being around anymore. Uh, <laughs> no, I just said that um I just assumed when I was in like you know grade seven, eight, nine, if it was a hit here, it was a hit down there. I just I did not you know, because Canada and America, like you know, you go over to Europe, they basically lump us as one. Yeah. Uh, and so you think that like that invisible 49th parallel wouldn't be such a border to get success down there, but it is. Oh, and, yeah. uh, and so that's why when I was younger, I was just like, oh, I'm sure they're making millions down there. Just hot rods and limousines and whatever <laughs> the fuck they want. And I don't know. But that's the thing, too. That, that 35% CanCon is so important up here yeah. for Canadian artists. It is crucial. Uh, and it gets difficult when you're, you know, you're not an American artist to, yeah. to, to break through. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to track four. Oh, here's a good one. We're going to go into Mariana's Trench territory. Now, here's another one, much like Blue Rodeo, where I just developed a whole new appreciation for the band after we went through their uh, discography. Um, I have found myself, like, vehemently defending Mariana's (laughs) Trench to people who are like, well, first off, you get this a lot. Mariana's Trench, don't they sing that song for all the nights I can't remember and lose control? No, that's Hadley! Hadley sucks. Mariana's Trench is good. That's basically what I've had to do. Um, but also, like, people do rag on them because they had that very... There we go. Okay. Got Start it. over. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> no, my sister's friend Morgan was bad-mouthing Mariana's Trench, so I was, like, vehemently defending them. Like, you have to listen to the whole album. It tells a story. You can't yeah. just jump in mid-track. You got to listen to the whole thing start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had to defend them? Um, actually, hold on, because before you, uh, there's a bit there where you cut out. So you said I had to defend them and then you went on this whole tangent and then you're like my sister's friend Morgan. That's when you cut back in for me. Oh yes. That's so that is where I cut back in. Yeah. Yes. Oh, did you hear the stuff about Hadley? I got that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, We're good. We're caught up. We're caught up. Okay. So that's fine. Yeah. 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 You didn't say anything. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, most people I talk to just kind of like when I, if I mention Mariana's Trench, they're like, oh, all right. It's just like they just never 
Like they, they never loathe. They were just cut, especially because I think as we've gotten older, yeah, we felt we felt the need to poo-poo less, and like we never felt the need to throw up like some big front. Like when we were in high school, you know, our friends were like, "That's not punk enough. That's too pop punk. That's that." Like you know, people were just such like Nazis about about their music. Like they were just yeah. so rigid, and if it didn't fall into certain boxes. And like, as you thought, people start calling you names if you didn't listen to certain music. And but now I'm just like, I respect anything. I mean, I'm still not a fan of country. You're telling me the other night that you've gotten into country. Uh, you know, we'll we'll get more into that. We'll do like a nice summer playlist album when the weather gets a little warmer. There's a very specific country vibe that I like. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very. And it all has to do with getting drunk. <laughs> yeah that's what i like but uh yeah but anyway. like uh going back to marion's trench i think like they probably do have more female fans than male fans uh i mean you know josh ramsey's a handsome man he's always you know he's very he's emotional of, i mean he's always funny. he's always like he's always dying his hair and like doing things to his face but uh pale. Very yeah, pale. He's very pale. <laughs> but i mean I think in terms of like pop stars, male pop stars in this country is probably the closest thing we have to a sex symbol. I guess. Wow. For, for younger people, not me. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I guess like the guys in Hadley were better looking, but they were like creepy sex offenders. Yeah. Well, I so... don't know. Jacob Hogarth, no, he's just like this like grimacing, yeah. kind of like doofus. And like, and, like you Derek know... Wibbley's face looked like a foot. Well, and then like the dude from Simple Plan, I actually sent this to my brother. There was a, I was going through like this old SNL archive and there was an episode of SNL where um, Jason Sudeikis did an impression of Dane Cook. Yeah. And with the face and the outfit and the hair, he looked exactly like Pierre Bouvier of Simple Plan. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, totally. So, Eh, you know, Sudeikis regularly, I'd say handsome guy. Sudeikis yeah. looked like Dane Cook, not quite as attractive. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I'm, tr- I'm trying to go through the like other like pop punk or whatever singers that might be quote unquote. Well, like like I think Drake's better looking than uh, Josh Ramsey. Drake's way better looking than Josh Ramsey. You see him at the Raptors game the other night. He had the cornrows and the stupid like uh, <laughs> looks like he's trying to be some poet laureate. <laughs> no, I didn't see glasses. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's got his he's got his book smart look Drake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he pulls that off from time to time. Yeah, don't forget about Drake. Yeah, ah, you know what? I, I hate to say this. I'd say Justin Bieber's better looking. Yeah, that's fair. Well, Justin Bieber, the specific face. When now, now he just looks like a dude who sits around all day smoking weed and eating nachos. But <laughs> when he had that, like you know, tank top that really like gelled up. Like Pompadour that he used Pompadour, to rock. Yeah, That's yeah. when he was he was looking good. That was when he was looking his best, Justin Bieber. You really put a lot of thought. Well, I'm just saying, there's different looks. That he, he's a guy who's got a different look every three years. You got to go which era looks better. That's true. I mean, not yeah. everyone's like Morrissey, where he looks the exact same all the time. Exactly. Yeah. You. You. Some people can cultivate a classic look. Other people, they gotta reinvent themselves. Yeah. That sells records reinvention. So All right. What would be your Marianne's trench pick? And it was funny because going into this, I was going off on Stutter. I loved Stutter. Stutter was yeah. my favorite song. Stutter would get me happy. I'd sing along to Stutter. Stutter, 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 Stutter. Didn't go with Stutter. 
<laughs> I went to the Astoria album for This Means War. But that's not what I came for, my amor. I hate to admit it, but I missed the war. And that was one of the few singles I had on there. Only one more single to go. But holy shit. I love the little marimba that goes on in that. I love the 80s vibe. You can dance to it. Um, it's got just like just like how Stutter's got that. Oh, na, 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 na. Oh, na. <laughs> this has that uh, fire in the hole, fire in the hole. Fire in the hole, fire in the hole. Oh, my God. How is that not like a dance club banger? It's so good. Oh, this means war big time from the Astoria album. I love that song. It's uh, Overtaken uh, Stutters, my new favorite uh, Marion Strength song, but I could go back and forth. I just love those two so much. I know, you, I know you said you'd never do it again, but if you uh -huh. ever did become a DJ again, just to make some extra sides scratch for the family, <laughs> yeah. you, should, uh, you should start incorporating some of these, these songs. <sighs> Like I think I told you. Okay, I think I. I tried that a couple of times when I worked at the nightclub. Uh, there was like you, you got a vibe in the night where things would slow down. They wanted that last forty-five minutes before, not forty-five, fifteen minutes before last call to really. So last call gets called, and then you bring the tempo down, right? Yeah. That's what they wanted. Okay, so I experimented with a few different things. Um, at one point, actually, this was during like kind of my rock part of the night. I tried Give It Away by the Chili Peppers. Hmm. And it worked. Like it kept the floor floor going. But there's something, it just doesn't, it gets to an octave that's just a little too slow. Oddly enough, even for a rock song, you think Give It Away is a headbanger. When you're playing it next to a bunch of dance songs and like, you know, Shook Me All Night Long and some of those 80s rock anthems that are club bangers too. It just misses. And then during that slow period of the night, I decided to play Doing Time by Sublime. Uh, also, shout out to Matt Chapman on the Toronto Blue Jays, who's using that as his uh, walk-up song right now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe so happy when I read that. Um, I figured, let's see. Let's just see, right? End of the night, they want people to leave anyway. It cleared the floor except for this one guy. <laughs> <laughs> was uh he goes oh yeah and then he like has like an air doobie and he goes like that like starts trying to pass it around to his friends this air doobie and no one's accepting it and i was like at least that guy liked it what a freaking melvin <laughs> oh my god i would have freaking i would just punch this guy in the head like i, I like someone too i just like Oh my god, it's like this idiot is why people hate Sublime because they're like, it's like, because didn't Kyle say that to you once? He said, uh, it's the fans that kind of ruin it, just like certain other he bands. He said it's the dude bros bands. he doesn't like. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't like that when Santa Maria comes out, all these guys in trucker hats high five each other. <laughs> I have been high fived for uh, not for singing Sublime at karaoke. It was literally, I went to karaoke at 420. Yeah, and they had smoked two joints, so I was like, "What the fuck? Let's just do it." And so I sang it, and like three or four guys came over to be like, "You like Sublime?" And the guy had his license plate said like "Wrong Way" on on it or something like that. And then for his other car, because he of course got two cars, it said like <laughs> "Sub" and then "Lime." Like he was a huge fan. Like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> I had the big attention from it. 
I've been wearing this shirt before, and then someone like waves at me and then shows me like their tattoo. Oh yeah. The uh yeah. I remember when we saw Sublime with Rome, when they started playing Santeria near the end of the show, I left. I started walking to the outside. <laughs> I, mean, I just I hit the freaking dusty trail. Did I ever tell you that when I first started dating Bryn, uh, I, she asked me, what bands do you like? And I was like, uh, oh, I love you know, Sublime's my favorite band. And she goes, oh, I love Santoria. I, my exact words for, to her were, if you're a real Sublime fan, Santoria is the only song you won't like. <laughs> she didn't like that. <laughs> you're, you're basically like, what's his face and kids in the hall when he's like, uh, yeah, the doors. Hits? Yeah. <laughs> you have a greatest hits album? Greatest hits are for old ladies and little girls. <laughs> Look at the end, that guy comes in. Do you have the latest from Day Bash Mode? Sucks! <laughs> Bring on the doors! All right, we're not talking about the doors, though. We're talking about <laughs> Mariana's Trench. Brian, what was your pick? I went with Cross My Heart off Masterpiece Theater. Oh, okay. I, and I, I can imagine since you were so early on the game for Mariana's Trench. Yeah, it's, that, uh, that, uh, that would be uh, have a special place in your heart. Yeah, and it was because the the first album is them trying to be pop punk or a rock band, but like with Masterpiece Theater, they started to that was like the transition. Like, all right, we're gonna kind of shake things up a bit, be a bit pop, be pop rock. You know, they kind of embraced the pop rock. They weren't trying to be too heavy like they were on the first album, like where they tried to use a lot of distortion and things. So I felt this kind of like basically left that first album in the dust nicely and then they started to progress the, to the sound that they became that we've known to love over the last couple albums It's just it's also a very catchy song and actually if you ever watch the music video it's great uh they they always had really good music videos those guys basically the whole uh, the whole song he's tr josh ramsey's trying to like catch he's basically doing like a ted mosby where he's basically just chasing down this girl uh trying to like sing in her ear and stuff and she's not having it but it turns out the end <laughs> Anyone would have it if you ran up to her and started singing her ear. <laughs> yeah. but the whole bit is the uh so she's had she's walking like getting a paper getting a coffee all these things and she's got headphones in her ears but the way her hair is hidden and the hat she was wearing no it didn't reveal till the very end where she pulled it out and she turns around going into her apartment and josh ramsey and this whole like chorus line of people and like there's like you know flamethrowers and all this shit there's just like this whole barrage of people that are like serenading this woman and then he invites her up to the apartment to uh for a nightcap hmm. Yeah, so it's a. It does movie. sound very cheesy sitcom. Yeah, that's and, that's why, and that's yeah. why I took a dig at how I met your mother. Yeah. I figured you appreciate that. Okay, all right, all right. Well, for the next one, we're going to move along uh, to an episode that I had I had a great time doing because I didn't know much from these guys, uh, but it was it was kind of an education for me, especially an education to a genre of music I didn't know very well, which was electronic. And we're going to talk about the hallucination next. Yeah. And um, I felt very, uh, this pick I'm still not sure of because it wasn't one of the, the songs that I really, really liked that had like a lot of the, like, uh, you know, 
indigenous drumming and chanting and stuff like that that I really, really liked where they really, you know, what they call it again? Oh, boy. Pow. Powwow dubstep. What was it called again? Shit. Uh, Can't remember the name of the music they called it. Ah, fuck. Well, we'll edit this part out because I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> I'm trying to think no, of I mean, what it's called. It's, you know, just like people say that Massive Attack Oh, like pretty much coined the phrase trip hop, even though they say they hate that label. This, whatever, yeah. I forget what the genre, it's like electric native drums, but whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. And that's basically credited to hallucination. Yeah. It was just like when we get to the tea party later, how they were called Moroccan roll. You know, like they <laughs> yeah. had a, a powwow step. I think it was powwow step. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was called powwow step. I wanted to include one of the songs with that. And I also really, I, sh- uh, I couldn't find it. The, what's the one where it's got that pick of that guy at parliament and he's like i think he's like railing on stephen harper or something like that he's like this is just proof that the government doesn't give a fuck about indigenous people do you remember that oh, actually i was just listening to that this morning oh i love that it was uh anyway while i look what was your pick yeah so i went from the suplex ep their tribute to professional wrestling uh, featuring the first indigenous rapper to ever appear on Much Music, Helen Back. I went with the People's Champ. They too got love for everyone and that for those I like know. My wife and my kids and that's about all. I love the fact that Hallucination uh, is shining a light on all these indigenous artists that never really got a chance to be in main, you know, to yeah. be played on much music or played on mainstream radio. Uh, they had that great uh, song with Buffy St. Marie. That was almost my pick working for the government. Uh, Indian car was a great one. I almost used, <laughs> but I went with the people's champ. Cause I like it when they team up with a hip hop artist and yeah. to give it to an originator of indigenous hip hop, especially, I thought that was really, really cool. So that was my pick. Yeah. I, I'm torn between two because I had Indian car. Just oh, yeah, like, that was close. That was, was close. It was that one and just the uh, stadium powwow only because stadium powwows pretty much put them on the map lately because yeah. it's, uh, it's been used in like Blue Jays commercials and all these just uh, I think it was used in like a cell phone commercial or something. It was like it's just all over the place. And if people, you know. Just like how the Interrupters, a band we both love, got in like a T-Mobile commercial. Yeah. Sometimes all it takes is that one thing. And all of a sudden, someone's going down a rabbit hole. I'm like, they have a new fan now. And just like yeah. it, all it takes is something very basic, like a commercial. And it's like, who is this band? And then it's like, you can see all the stuff they've done that is how talented they are. And um, so I'm pretty much, as much as I love Indian Car, it, it's 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 almost like it's like almost our answer to cotton high joe a little bit yeah yeah they they remixed an old song um and it's a tongue-in-cheek song and everything like that uh but i i I like your pick with stadium powwow yeah because here's the thing i remember going to um the gym in perry sound and i would just would work out with my headphones but in like the weight room that they had there they had a cd player and kids from high school would go and play their cds while they worked out and it was the lightest, crappiest Euro beats that they'd work out to every day. And I thought to myself, how can you get hype around dance music? And then I listened to Hallucination. And I'm like, this stuff gets you freaking hyped. Yeah. And Stadium Power can get you hyped if you're working out. Yeah. 
I said that at work the other day. I said, oh, yeah, it gets me hype. And then people started laughing. Like, I don't know if I'm showing my age by saying that. Or I'm like the old grandpa at work now. So I think yeah. I, I do look like someone's going to say K Boomer to me, and I'm going to get really pissed off. <laughs> uh, I yeah. did. Oh, I should also mention that yesterday uh, when we, uh, I, I, we, we went to the, me and my wife went uh, to Fred, our, our son, to the pool. And then uh, I did some errands after. Did all of them in socks and sandals. <laughs> Unabashedly, socks and sandals day. And I loved it. And yeah. yeah Couldn't I'm even just go flip-flops? Uh, no, it's too cold. You need the socks. Yeah. And you know what? Think of adding a fanny pack to the repertoire. <laughs> Extra storage. I don't want my keys rubbing against my crotch. Hey, I'll Joe tell you, I am embracing this dorky dad vibe 100%. 100, Hundy P, <sighs> as the kids say. Oh, God. See, now you're going to go say that on Monday, going to work, be like, ah, oh, Hundo P's, P. I, had a, I had a great weekend. I'll just be like, roll their eyes and like, <laughs> how's your weekend, dead Hundy P? Yeah. All right, <laughs> let's move on. They're going to be like, you didn't even use it in the right context. <laughs> Okay, all right. Speaking of, okay, we'll get back into the dad vibe in just a second here. But our next artist is April Wine. And that was a great two-part episode. Another great Canadian band that, you know, should be looked at more favorably internationally, I feel. Uh, But they didn't get their due, as it always happens. Uh, I I did not go for a single. Pop up here and there. Yeah, a little Uh, bit. Like, I was, I, I watched that Hardy Boy show on Netflix. It's like, uh, it's partly like, I think it's split between America and Canada. And oh, like, okay. uh, one of the first, after like the intro action sequence, the, the, there's a scene where the kid wakes up, one of the Hardy Boys, and uh, they're playing an April Wine song. I can't remember which oh, one cool. it was, but so uh, right there, it's like, they still, they're still getting played in music. And I think, I think oh, they play some... on the radio all the time up here. Oh, yeah. I can't. Yeah. Every time I listen to Boom 97.3, which is like the, like throwback station in Toronto. And I feel like every time I turn in the car, they're always played. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you something because that their uh, discography is so vast at yeah. the end of the year, when you get your stats from Spotify, my number one artist was April wine. Was it? And so at work, we were kind of getting our picks in and just kind of sharing them with everybody. And people were like, Ted, what, what's your pick? And I went, April wine. <laughs> this one girl goes, they played at my mom's prom. <laughs> So we talked about, did you explain to these young tykes that it was for research for a podcast? No, I just told them I liked deeper wine. I do like them. Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I liked what I heard. And you know what? I love this song. This is the one that stood out for me. Um, So as I said, remember we were talking earlier, I was talking about uh, how there's a specific vibe of country music that I like. Yeah. There's also this kind of like vibe from, old school rock, classic rock that I like, where it's just, it's dad rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's summertime. It's light. It's breezy. If you are completely drunk and you're just sitting there with no shoes on, on your front stoop, <laughs> these are the movie, the, the songs that you want to listen to. And uh, I picked, I'd rather be strong from the album forever for now. It's got the percussion. 
It is super laid back. And uh, it reminds me of the song Follow Your Daughter Home by the Guess Who. I don't know if you know that one. No. Um, but it's 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 a great little summer vibe, great percussion. Burton Cummings breaks out his flute on that one and plays that all over the place. The thing is, it's <laughs> a little creepy. It's about spying on your daughter when she goes on dates, and <laughs> it's it's a little bit creepy. Um, but this is that without the creep right. <laughs> stuff. It's just a light, breezy summertime tune. It has been added to my dad rock summer playlist, and I definitely plan to be listening to this while I mow the lawn. In my white New Balance shoes. Uh, You really are steering into this whole thing. Like, well, some people try to embracing it. Like, I know a guy who's. I think he'll. I don't know if it's a front or if it's just his look or if he's trying to. If he's a real tryhard, but he's always wearing like the, you know. The jean jacket, the jeans, a cool band shirt. He's got a bunch of tattoos, but he's got a young yeah. daughter. And so I don't know if he's if he's like that's just who he is or if he's really trying to keep up that cool look. But uh you're just steering into the skit of uh Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let me have it. Where was there was a great scene on Curb. Do you remember this episode of Curb? They go to a wedding on a beach. And Larry is wearing this giant straw hat. Yeah. And Jack goes up to him and goes, yeah, you look terrible. <laughs> and Larry goes, I'm married. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I mean, uh, I visited our friend Brandon a couple times over the last few months. And every time yeah. he's just like, actually, I think halfway through my visit on Friday, he went from jeans to sweats because he's just like, I don't care. <laughs> Switched mid-visit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> To be fair, I haven't worn nice clothes in the house oh. since Freddie was born because he pukes all the time. Yeah. So if I'm wearing a nice, you know, it's it, in the winter up here at Thunder Bay, it gets very cold. And I like to wear a lot of sweaters. And sweaters, if you're a fan of sweaters, if you spill something on a sweater, you might as well throw it out. It's done. It's a bitch to clean. So I haven't worn one in the house. I've frozen my ass off just because they'll puke or other weird bodily fluids will get on your clothes and ruin them. Right. So I've got like a rotation of five t-shirts, three pajama pants. And usually on the weekends, I don't uh, shower, comb my hair or um, brush my teeth. That's good. Just my life now. Uh, how about you for April wine? I, I went with a uh, single. I went with Broler just because. Uh... That's a good one. I mean, it's it's a to quote you, it's a hype song. It's it is a, a hype song, um, and it's a. Uh, I would say, like, if if you were talking to an American who's never heard of April Wine, which this is fifty fifty. I mean, they had some success down there, some not. So, I mean, you never know. Uh, like, I just think that's a great introduction song to somebody. Now, but wasn't only, that a decent hit down there? If memory I, serves me, I, I think oh. it was. It's been so long since we did that episode. I yeah. can't. Remember. But I mean, this is the thing. It's you know, it it'd be for the layman. But uh, it's also my only fear. If I played someone roller, they're like, 
typical Canadian bands trying to rip off somebody else. They don't have their own original songs. They basically just call it like a Zeppelin rip or something like that. Or, or I don't hear it being much of a Zeppelin at all. Um, it's more. It's more in how he sings in that opening part, like when he goes like, yeah, gets like his okay. voice gets really high. And I, I mean, feel yeah, like it's, it's a more, little not to bash April Wine. Yeah, I feel like it's a little too basic to be compared to Zeppelin. No, it is. Like I, I was more just going based on that, like opening, like how he was singing. At oh, the start. okay, gotcha. But uh, yeah, in terms of like instrumentation and stuff, it, it'd be like a, just a standard '80s or late '70s '80s rock song. Yeah, Steppenwolf or some shit. It gives me those vibes every now and then. As you know, I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah, and every now and then you'll go down the rabbit hole, and the one, basically, the only wrestler that's worth going down the rabbit hole of old videos of is Ric Flair. Because he's just so insane. <laughs> um, and some of the stuff from like, especially when he was in the 80s and the NWA, that's National Wrestling Alliance, not the rap group. Um, he would, they would do these, these montages of his matches with music of the day. And I watched a really, really cool one where they played Hot Stuff by Donna Summer. And, right. and I was like, it's, it's super 80s. And like the production quality is terrible, but with the song, it looked awesome. And uh I feel like Roller would be perfect for the limousine oh, riding, yeah. jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling dealing. Woo! <laughs> oh, yeah. I that think would... that would have been perfect for him in the Four Horsemen. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, it gets you hype. Gets you hype for that night in the limo. We're all, all right. going to do cocaine. Exactly. <laughs> cocaine and private jets and make sure that airlock is uh, locked tight because. Uh, Ooh, I feel like I could fly right now. What was it? The Dark Side of the Ring or something? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah I've watched all of those. Where they talk about the the that flight where like they, they all got yeah. like, super drunk. And... The plane ride from hell. Yeah. Yeah. And Ric Flair. You know what? Yeah, that's pretty bad. He looked pretty bad after that episode. <laughs> Swinging his dick in front of a stewardess making her oh that's awful it's uh. all i'm saying is if they wanted to uh like i'm sure roller could have easily been playing in the sky if they had a boombox jeez <laughs> it's a good uh, who's the one the one that she said was actually like a, a good guy was uh gold dust even though he was drunk off his ass he was the only wrestler that came up to her defense and told rick to put his johnson away oh yeah so he said, "Gold guy, Goldust guy. He still got fired because he got hammered, and then he took the uh, microphone and started singing to his ex-wife on the, <laughs> the 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 loudspeaker. And she said, and I just let him do it. He was he was he was the only one that defended me from Ric Flair. <laughs> was like, yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. They even asked Flair, and he he said he didn't remember it probably because he can't. So drunk yeah. in all the years. He, he, there's another ESPN documentary they did with Ric Flair." Uh, just before he like, do you remember he almost died a few years ago? I think so. Like his everything shut down, and then some by some miracle it all started back up again. That's um, yeah, like he was on, he wasn't on death's door. He was through death's door. He just got called back. Right. Um, they did this thing, and it was kind of weird. It was like a before and after. Like halfway through, they talked to him after it happened, but they did an interview with him on how much he used to drink back when he was in the eighties he would drink martinis all day and beer all night and champagne all night. And it was just a never ending stream of booze. 
And then you get all like the painkillers and shit like that involved. Right. And his his memory's garbage. Yeah. I believe it. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, I mean, that yeah. much of drugs and alcohol abuse. Like, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we've lost a lot of wrestlers the last few years. Yeah. But it's it's amazed that like a lot of them made, made it this far, that their bodies didn't shut down sooner. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's so random. Yeah. Like you hear stuff that Jake the Snake did, and he's still alive. Yeah. Like, how the fuck is he still alive? You know what I mean? Well, wasn't he it's, one of those people who was part of uh, DDP's like yoga yeah, kind of was, like detox retreat? Yeah, it was it, it was it was him and it was Scott Hall. Scott Hall just died. Yeah, yeah, but he died from like hip surgery. They they fucked up his. It was a weird way. He got a blood clot after hip surgery, and that's what killed him. So it wasn't really? having anything to do with his like past drug use or anything like that. Yeah, and he got a blood clot from hip surgery. That's that's nuts. Yeah, so it, it's it's really sad. You know, you overcome addiction. Yeah a life of addiction and then you get you have a bad reaction to surgery and you die or it's, it's like that guy who's like spends 30 days in like a horrible detox facility he's like today is the first day of the rest of my life he steps oh, out it's like a side bus he gets hit by yeah. a rickshaw Newman on it. <laughs> yeah yeah all right moving on to the next track we only got a couple more to go uh the speaking of late great the late great Hayden Neal Jacksol. Yeah. Um, I think it's pretty clear what I went with here. And there he has so many good songs. Yeah. But I I I, I went with his cover of Been Caught Stealing. It is just you know the so... cover? Oh, yeah! It, Brian, <laughs> as good as... Look, t- for a cover song to make this list, it has to blow me away. Yeah. And do you remember me telling you when we recorded this episode, I don't even know if I like the original after hearing his version of it. <laughs> it is so funky. It is out of sight. Uh, yeah, I think that like the original Cod Stealing is just... It's just really just Perry Farrell nattering for like yeah uh, four minutes with a funky beat behind him. Well, it's uh, like, uh, do you ever listen? Well, not that I listen to him, but R. Kelly. I never realized how half of his songs are just run-on sentences. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> just like, in the closet. Basically. Yeah, he's just like literally yeah. describing what's going on around him. Just, but yeah, the yeah, I never really cared for the uh, Jane's addiction been caught stealing. Yeah, but it wasn't. It was. It's was like one of those songs that was just always there. That you never really thought, okay, like this is part of rock and roll, this song. Yeah. You know what I mean? You never really thought too much about it. Uh, but his cover of it is so funky because it's a big falsetto voice. And for a guy who's got so many great baby making dudes, yeah. uh, he's also got a lot of great funky, like 70s esque dance floor tunes. Yeah. And uh, that, song, that version of Been Caught Stealing ranks among them it, it, i i will not listen to the perry farrell version anymore jack soul's the only version of that song <laughs> that's fair i um i was gonna go with the i mean there's like 10 songs i could have gone with but at the end of the day i elected to go for another single i went with uh some days
Like, that's a great song. Yeah, it's just because it's a, it really flexes the soul in Jack's soul. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's a beautiful song. And uh, I I put that as, like, my closer on the playlist. Just kind of, okay. like, wind it down. Just bring everything yeah. up. Uh, but, yeah, like, I could have put on, like, The River. I really love The River. And uh, the, what was the opening song off the first album, Indigo? I love yeah. That. Like, I that's a baby maker. Yes, that's Big time. That is graphically about sex. <laughs> that song. He doesn't fuck around. He gets right to it. Yeah, he's uh he's not one for metaphors, Jack Soul. Yeah. Hey, Neil. <laughs> uh that's some what's Doug Judy say? It's some smush music. Oh yeah, smush 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 music, yeah. <laughs> all right. We're gonna go all the way out to Vancouver, British Columbia for our next band. The Canadian punk rock wonders that are gob. Not guys on bikes. That was completely made up, and we believed it for years. Just gob, as in gob. Yeah. Uh, this is the last song on my list that was a single. Mm. And I went with this just because, you know, there's a lot of gob songs. When your songs average a minute 50, yeah, you get a lot of songs in on an album. But this just, it, it takes me to a place, a specific place, a specific time, and I went with Soda. Just because oh, that okay. whole, I want to jump in a lake, makes me think of cottage country back when I worked up in Perry Sound, hot ass yeah. summer days in the middle of the woods. Jumping into a lake and the video, they're going off ramps on their bikes in the lakes. Yeah. Love it. That's my pick. Yeah, that was one of the first sing uh, songs I remember seeing, like one of their videos for. Yeah. And I like I remember watching. I'm like, who are these idiots? And this, they're barbecuing and they're spilling soda on their barbecue. <laughs> uh, and they're, uh, but yeah, I actually went with for the moment. But I cling to you for survival. I think we're back. Yeah. What I said was um, not newer gob per se, but for yeah. maybe when we started listening to them, it was one of the newer ones. And uh, yeah, for the moment, it's a good too. Actually, it's a great too. Yeah, that was the, the that was off of World According to Gob. That was like the last album of theirs that I'd bought. So that was kind of like my because I I got all their early stuff and then I got this one. That was kind of like, I, but also like I was later in high school going into college around that time too and sure i was start trying to like expand my musical horizons like i don't think i picked up a punk or a ska album in like the mid to late 2000s like uh i remember less than jake and real big fish came when we were like back in their prime like oh three yeah and i'm like eh. and there was well, like, yeah, two of my favorite bands they both put out they each put out a clunker and now we yeah. look back at those two albums as being like oh they weren't so bad but they each put out a clunker at the time. Yeah. By our viewing back then. But this has happens to everybody. You know, there's a, a piece of a part of your life where you it's 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 just like life, man. You know, it's when you move out of the house, you want to expand your horizons. Yeah. Listening to different music, going back in the day and listening to older stuff, re going down rabbit holes, discovering new stuff. It's it's all a part of it. And sometimes that 14-year-old you just needs to take a little break. He comes back. 
He goes back in a vengeance one day. That's yeah. for me. But, uh, you know, you take a little break every now and then. Oh, for sure. And also, I mean, yeah. you know, no one is their true self in college for the most part. You know, you're always trying to impress people. Yeah. You want to, like, you know, I was, I was thinking about it and uh, you get all these hipster doofuses in uh in college trying to impress some girl in their dorm talking about how much they love dylan yeah you know what i mean it's like you probably can't name a true dylan song to save your life but it thinks it's gonna get them laid or it's talking oh. about the beatles the beatles are transformative shut the fuck up bring got mad at me once because you did you did say that we talk about bob dylan you just say dylan you don't say bob dylan right so she was playing me some artist uh, that she was like friends with back when she lived in Saskatchewan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shades of Dylan here. She's like, the fuck are you talking? <laughs> like Bob Dylan. So I was like, Bob Dylan's like, what are you guys friends? <laughs> well, I'm not talking about the friggin' writer, Dylan Thomas. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, Dylan, you know? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you want me to specify it's not shades of Jacob Dylan, it's Bob. It's could have been Jacob Dylan. <laughs> if I thought it sounded like the wallflowers, that'd be weird though, huh? Shades yeah. of Dylan. Really? I don't hear it. Wallflowers. Big wallflowers vibes. <laughs> Maybe I should do that. You know what I mean? If something sounds like blues traveler, shades of popper. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving along here. We're almost done. Oh, I'm I'm ex- I'm anxious to see which one you pick from the tea party. Yeah. Our next one, because this one is it was it was interesting because there's lots of different songs that I liked by them that could have made the list, um, but would it would it would it contrast well with the mix that we're putting together here? Because I remember last season when we did this, I, I used a different Econoline Crush song than I wanted to use because the one I wanted to use was from like their first album that was super industrial and yeah. it didn't fit in at all with like the flow of what I had put together. Uh, here, though, I'm pretty confident that this is still my favorite uh, Tea Party song, and it's a deep cut. From the album Interzone Mantras, I went with the track Interzone. Now, I don't know if you remember this one. Yep. It's got a big horn section which obviously is points right away for me. <laughs> it has almost kind of like a liver let die slash like I need a hero action vibe to it. And it's heavy too. And I remember, you know, you and me trying to talk to metal people about ska and they would always rag on the horn section. And that was our favorite part. <laughs> like a horn section. Nothing's good with the horn section. You can't be heavy and have a horn section. This is proof you can be heavy and have a fucking horn section. <laughs> and it sounds awesome. So I could have gone with something that was more for that Moroccan role that we talked about earlier in the podcast, or something that was just a little a, uh, that last last like 20. <laughs> Enough of this garbage. <laughs> the last like 10 seconds just cut out. <laughs> when you're going about tea party. No, I, I just oh, well, about the tea party. No, I said, oh, what's it called? Like, I could have picked picked one of their songs that sounds more signature tea party, that yeah. rock and roll vibe. But I went with the uh, inner zone, and I am pleased with my pick. Yeah, I my my pick throws off the the flow of the playlist completely. But uh, 
It's I went I went with the uh, the LOC. Okay. Off Which album was that on? The Ocean at the End. One of the more. Oh, okay. Uh, just because it's it, that is a Shades of Zeppelin. Is it? Oh. It, it really shows off their talents as, and also three people making that type of sound. It just shows how fantastic the Tea Party truly were and how underappreciated they are, except for in Australia, apparently. And I believe that they're a band that has another album in the works. At least that's what they've been saying for a while. Yeah, I know they're they back together. Like, during the pandemic, they did that cover of um, it was Isolation, Morrissey, wasn't it? Yeah, that uh, no, was Joy Division. Isolation. Joy Division. That was it. Yeah, uh, but uh, I don't know if they've put anything else out. I'll double check, and that's something we could always revisit in season three. We can always go back to the well with some of the stuff. Yeah. All right. Now, this is probably the band that had the hardest time picking a track for it, just because they have so many good songs. And during the research for their episode, my note taking was a lot more diligent. <laughs> um, but the Swollen Members. Yep. I had a hard time coming up with one. Uh, so I wrote down a list of all the stuff I liked, all my considerations. And as I listen, I go, okay, is this next song better than that one? Cross yeah. it off. And that's how I did it. Came down to A Long Way Down featuring Sarah McLaughlin. First of all, Sarah McLaughlin has a very pretty voice. Yeah. And why she, like, hearing her on a hip hop song, it just sounds right. It looks weird on paper, but yeah. when you hear it, it sounds awesome. Yeah. And, uh, oh, what's it called? You know how I love Mad Child's references? Yeah. He does a reference right off the hop, and I'm trying to remember it, but it, it, it's, it's, it's really funny. Hold on. I want to see if I can get the, the lyrics here well you're doing that really funny yeah well you're doing that i'll talk about mine i went off, right, of, bad, off of bad dreams i went to uh, take it back it's more like an investigation that's right now how's that for a demonstration that's Four, what i'm talking about three, Fred. we're taking two, it back one. go back to the essence yeah. what we're gonna do right it's it's very much like a throwback hip-hop song to like the 90s yeah and and also i love how it's uh it starts with mad child telling prav he's like we don't always have to be talking about dungeons and dragons you know and then, but then they're like he's he drops like a nova reference and all these things and like a uh, silver surfer and uh just he still goes back to the nerd references but the beat is so good and they uh i forget what they sampled but like where it says like you got to like take it back and uh yeah I have yeah. to double check what the sample was, but I love that song. And that's that's pretty much from the jump when I heard that song. I'm like, this something's gonna have to knock this off the top. Because I remember I was going for a long walk. Yeah. And uh, when that song came on, I started doing this little strut. My name is Prev when I put the thought in your head. No doubt. Manic depressing, I panic from too much stress. And of course I'm second guessing. Cause life is just a question. Keep your suggestions, we ain't hearing you guys. My name is Mad Child, I put the fear in your eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, You're like Al Pacino. Yeah. Have you seen those pictures of him jogging in LA dancing? 
no. It's from like two months ago, so it's old man Pacino, and he's just <laughs> he's having a blast. He's wearing like a long silk scarf too, as he's doing. That's like part of his jogging outfit. Yeah, yeah. That, but that's pretty much how I felt. Like I just like I literally put like a huge pep in my step, and uh, and so that's why I'm like, as good as some of the other stuff is, it just nothing hit that feeling yeah so well it's just supposed to show you we, we look for different things here you, you, yeah. you, i can tell by this out in this place you we were looking for the hype yeah i was looking for more of the ones that brought something out of me yeah also the line was he was listening to portis head and i thought you'd appreciate that because you like your trip hop yeah yes so I prevail endorse portis head <laughs> yeah i thought you might like that yeah. so there it is there's our mix oh brian since you put yours in a specific order let's uh walk yeah. our uh, listeners through that just in case they might uh, so i went started off with blue rodeo and then uh took it up a notch with roller and then just i mean i kept the rock kind of together so i just threw the tea party in there for number three okay and then and then i went into the mistake by serial joe marianna's trench gob and then i went into um uh what should we call it Amanda Marshall, because that's still kind of like a, a kind of up-tempo kind of pseudo-rock song. And yeah. then I went into... That's um, a, very much a rock song. Yeah, and then I went into Hallucination, Swollen Members, and then winded it down with Jack Soul. Nice, okay. All right, so there's your flow recommendations. Yeah. There we go. Okay, well, there you <laughs> go. The mixtape episode is in the books, unless something fucked up with how we recorded it. And, uh, well... <laughs> there's two hours i'll never get back (laughs) actually it was only like an hour 20 we did we did okay on this one um next episode probably gonna come your way i want to say two weeks because i know that i will have time to write the first big one uh in two weeks so not this week but next week i'm covering mornings so i'll have a little bit of extra time so i can listen to all that good good great big c great big c is coming up but we might have a shorter episode before that so see what happens good stuff <laughs> yeah there it is okay well i'm gonna go, I I'm honestly, gonna go look at pictures of old pacino dancing now <laughs> oh come on, you're gonna it, there's so many of them and he's having a blast too it's gonna inspire you and this is gonna be your new thing now big brian last dancing down the street well I we mean, had a dancing we had a dancing man in uh in perry sound who go out and dance Oh, and yeah, uh, people would call me and tell me that the dancing man's over here. Dancing man's over there. Yeah. <laughs> we had a few, we have a few people like that in Hamilton. Like I saw this one guy, uh, this, you know, a guy of my proportion, not as tall as me, but a big, a big fella. It is this black dude. He's got these big red headphones on and yeah. he's like, uh, I don't know what song I, I, I've said this before. I wish like people who had their headphones on, like, I wish there was like a badge of what it was like <laughs> they were listening, listening to. to. Just yeah. to see, like, what's making this guy get down? Because he literally stops walking down Hess Street, right by, like, Hess Village and all that. He stops. Yeah. He bends down super low, and he's got his finger pointing up in the air. He's doing, like, a little jam. <laughs> and, like, and I'm like, I love this guy. <laughs> I remember dr- driving home with my parents once. You know, by the cemetery on, um, oh, boy, what's the name of that street? Like they're talking about at the foot of the Ancaster Hill, yeah. Like uh, going into yeah. like West. By like where right wingers, the wing place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So the guy's crossing the street in that area. I was driving my mom with a little kid, and you can see him shuffling. And he does like a turn when he was uh, <laughs> crossing the street and shuffles backwards across the street. We all laughed. We we're like, "What the? <laughs> Did you see that?" Yeah. I saw a guy last summer. I thought at first I thought he was like 
having like heat stroke because yeah. he was like laying on the ground uh, when you're coming out of the Meadowlands at the top of the hill when you can go on the link or you can go into uh, the Hamilton Mountain. He's mm. like laying on the ground up there. And at first I thought he was like having heat strokes. It was a hot day. And then he's like, it's almost like he's doing one of those like revitalizing himself. He's, he starts doing this like shuffle on his back and then he gets up and he's just like dancing like a lunatic. I wish I could have pulled my phone out in time, but I couldn't. You see, he just kind of like shuffled off, literally shuffled off. I remember that happened to me in the subway at Union Station in Toronto. I was waiting for the GO train, just middle of winter. So there's a ton of people in there. And uh, guy walks, a homeless guy walks into the middle of where everyone's sitting and just does like this crazy little dance, like just like what you were describing, like these yeah. gyrations. And I was like, oh shit, this guy's having a fit. <laughs> like we were called 911. He stops, he goes, what's the matter with you people? Don't you have a laugh? What's up? When I was in college, it was in the first year, uh, we were sitting in the new Mac lab and your guy in your year, Cam, can't be in the champion. Oh, can't be in the champion. He's literally like, do you remember uh, Sean, the the really skinny black fella? He, he, I think he worked, sort on of. One, he worked on one of the films you starred in for one of the classes. I think he was okay. on that set. Anyway, okay. um, he's walking, he was in my first year class and uh He's just like, he's almost getting pushed in by Cam, but he's like dancing with his like chest. He's like, he's like crunk dancing him into the friggin' thing. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, just dancing, man. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, you won an Xbox once for dancing. Really? Oh, yeah. I was with him. We had a bar and he, he got up and entered a dance contest to came an Xbox. Yeah. Me and Nate won a, a Seinfeld DVDs for flexing our Seinfeld trivia knowledge. That's pretty good. I want a copy of, uh, what's it called? I don't know how. I think it, uh, I had major drinking issues in college. But somehow I want a copy of, uh, what's it called, on DVD, um, the South Park movie yeah. on DVD. And the guy was trying to give me the Chappelle show. And I was like, no, I don't want it. He goes, why don't you like it? I'm like, everyone has this already. Yeah. He goes, just take it. And I get fun with him. I'm like, no, I want the South Park one. Yeah, he's being a dick. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right, that does it. We'll see you in a week or two. And until then, I forget how we end the show. I don't know. We usually either just uh, <laughs> just prattle on and I just put classified over top or we usually make some yeah. crass joke or something like, take it easy. And if she's easy, take her twice. Oh, there's no point. <laughs> yeah, there's a throwback. Does that work? Mic check, one, two, uh, one, two. Yeah.